Hey guys, welcome back to the Nutrition Expedition. Before today's episode, we just wanted to say, we're not qualified specialists. If you have any issues, see a healthcare professional. The daily posts, including recipes, exercises, nutrition facts, and calorie comparisons, follow us on Instagram at The Nutrition Expedition. Peace. Hi everyone, today's guest is Rachel Favilla, an author and nutritionist. She's known as the comedic nutritionist on her socials and I'm, aw- I'm sure as we'll see why today. Thanks for coming on, Rachel. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we spoke to uh, we spoke about prebiotics actually two episodes ago with Dr. Uh, Dr. Jason Horolak. Uh, so it's a great transition to talk about bowel health uh, today and we just wanted to get some easy tips for listeners to incorporate into their everyday life. Um, so I just wanted to start off with a very simple and broad question. Uh, how did you get in? How did you get so passionate about health and uh, nutrition? Uh, so when I was fourteen, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called autoimmune hepatitis, and that means that my uh, immune system was attacking my liver. And by the time they found it. I'd lost about 98% liver function, so I wasn't doing that well. And unfortunately, I just didn't respond to the medications I was put on, probably because as good as they can be, my liver just, they also, all medications by default do affect the liver to some extent, and mine just didn't have enough function to be able to process them. So I kind of, it was was like taking one step forward, two steps back. And so I um, just had this hunch that maybe diet could at least support the medications to work better um so i started looking into that and i didn't really do anything extreme i just realized how much pseudo food i was eating you know stuff that's marketed as healthy but it's just full of additives and it's not that wholesome and so i just switched to real food so nothing really restrictive it was like if as long as it's a real fair game and all of a sudden my liver function tests started turning around and the idea of needing a liver transplant was take, taken off the table and I started to go into remission and my medication dosages went down and then eventually I got off them. And yeah, last year I got the clean bill of health. I've got a 100%, 100% healed liver, no scarring left, which we weren't even sure was possible. Um, so yeah, that was like, I got diagnosed, obviously middle school was like starting to recover in high school. So then um, straight after graduation, Graduating from high school, I went straight into a four-year um, undergrad degree in nutritional and dietetic medicine. And my passion's always been education and just making it fun and simple and a little bit quirky and cheeky and hilarious, yeah. just so that pe- people want to learn and they have the information much younger than I did, so that they have a chance to practice prevention before they need to pa- practice cure. So, that's amazing. Yeah, in a and nutshell, that's where I came from. Yeah, it shows the power of food and how it can heal the body and a lot of people underestimate that so that's a really good story and I just wanted to go on to because today we wanted to make the topic of this conversation about bowel health because I know you pride yourself on um, your love for bowel, all things bowel health so I wanted to ask what's some signs and symptoms for people that they can think about that might understand more towards if they have an unhealthy bowel Absolutely. Well, first of all, I think we just need to become like develop a better relationship with our bowels. I feel like a lot of people are just kind of it's not even on their radar. Um, so, generally speaking, most of us have some sort of routine in the day, and our body's got some sort of clock 
it's like we tend to go at a similar time. It sends, tends to be a similar color and consistency and all of those sorts of things. And ideally in a perfect world, what we're looking for when we go is first of all, that feeling of euphoria. So like when you go and you almost feel like skipping out of the bathroom because you're like, that was amazing. I feel so good. Um, so hopefully that's a good sign, but also like the consistency it's formed. So it's not fluffy. It's not breaking apart too much, but it's not crackly and dry. It's like a nice smooth kind of sausage and not to put people off their chalky, but we, I kind of say dairy milk bread. We don't want old gold. We don't want caramello. That's <laughs> not the great end of the spectrum. We want kind of center in the middle there. Um, and just making sure that there's no undigested food or mucus and things like that. So ideally, that's what a healthy bowel would look like. Um, or coming out, I kind of see poo as a, a report card from the bowel. So we can kind of get an idea every day of what's going on. And we'd ideally be doing at least one of those a day, but maybe up to two or three, depending on you know our lifestyle and our diet. So generally, um, I mean, if that's I'm describing that and you're like, that's never happened to me, maybe just you know look into things a bit more um, but if that was you but now you're like it's a liquid every time it comes out or it doesn't come out or when it does it's like rabbit pellets or like bloating gas I mean you know we all fart it's very natural and healthy and human to fart but if it's like you know every 10 minutes something putrid's coming out of urea maybe that's not ideal yeah. that's too much um yeah, things like that, changes in appetite, just feeling sick, especially in the morning for no reason, those sorts of things can suggest that it's either the bowel or something higher up or one of the accessory digestive organs and is in a bit of trouble and needs some love. Yeah. And uh, on that topic of, of bowel health and, and you know some symptoms you can have if you have an unhealthy bowel, just to go in the opposite way, what are some foods to help people maintain a healthier bowel in their lives? My favorite topic. Um, so fiber is really important, um, but not just any fiber, like from real whole foods. So I'm not talking so much about getting fiber supplements from the health food store as much as there's a purpose, I suppose, but just real food. Um, a little caveat there, when I say fiber, I'm cautious about wheat, even like wheat bran, whole wheat, wheat germ, only because in Australia and other, a few other countries, um, wheat crops are sprayed with Roundup the agricultural yeah. herbicide and there's compounding research now to show that that's not so great for the liver or the gut or the brain or the hormones or the body in general um so usually i'm like whole grains not wheat there's so many others if you can have gluten you know spelt rye oats if you um, prefer to be gluten-free or just in general want a more varied diet brown rice uh, millet amaranth, buckwheat, those sorts of things. Uh, any sort of legume is fair game. So your lentils, beans, peas, pretty much all veggies. Again, caveat with corn also tends to be sprayed with Roundup. So if you love corn, that's fine, but go organic because then it won't have the spray on it. Uh, any fruit, as long as it agrees with you and nuts and seeds, herbs and spices generally are all really good. So just yeah, whole foods that come with a side serve of fiber. Um, and my particular favorite is resistant starch. So that's if you cook rice or potato or pasta and cool it down, um, a lot of the starch converts to an indigestible form of starch. So it doesn't actually feed you, it feeds you colon bugs and then they produce a whole lot of anti-inflammatory compounds that soothe the environment down there. Um, so I love that it's like have your pasta and eat it too sort of thing. Um, and you can also buy banana flour, which is a really environmentally friendly flour because it's used, it's, um, sorry, it's used, it's made from green bananas that have been quite ripened properly and so they dehydrate them make it into a flour 
really high in resistant starch and you can use that to make like muffins and cakes and things and that has the same effect you don't absorb all of it as energy um it more feeds it's like fertilizer for your gut bugs oh it's cool and does it taste well good the banana yeah it does like i think it takes some getting used to it doesn't taste like white flour but i often combine it with like oat flour or buckwheat flour and make like muffins and um eat them with peanut butter and yeah i love it and i'm also like "Mm, you're gonna make a good poo later so you know (laughs) soft spot for the banana flour (laughs) so i wanted to go on to um continue on from the topic of uh, gut health i want to talk more about some deficiencies that people can see and how that can actually affect their gut yeah, absolutely. So it's probably worth mentioning at this point, I'm sure your listeners have probably heard it in other interviews, but I'll just recap again that um, the gut and the brain talk to each other a lot by the vagus nerve, which is one of the cranial nerves. Um, and it's like the telephone line connecting the two. And so often um, mental health can affect gut health and vice versa. So if you start off with something awry in the gut, it can manifest eventually um, as emotional health or if something happens emotionally, it can actually manifest in the gut, which means it's the nutrients that also affect neurotransmitters can also have a compounding effect then on gut health. So B vitamins is a big one um, because we need B vitamins to unlock the energy in our food, therefore to have the energy for our body to do all the things it does. Um, Magnesium is another important one, especially considering magnesium needed for muscle relaxation and if the bowel's not relaxed it's probably not going to be wanting to let things go we want it to let things go um vitamin c is really important and other antioxidant vitamins like vitamin a and vitamin e just to lower inflammation um and of course fiber if you don't have anything to bulk out your stool then it's going to be quite hard for your body to make enough mass to push out um off the top of my head they're the main ones and essential fatty acids as well just in general, we need the brain is 60% fat, so we need those good fatty acids to fuel the brain. If the brain's not functioning properly, the gut will know about it pretty soon as well. Yeah. And and to go into a more of a medical uh, diagnosis sort of term to do with the bowel, a big uh, thing that everyone would have heard of is irritable bowel syndrome. Um, it seems so common these days, and, and a lot of people are starting to struggle with that, you know, that syndrome that's been you know diagnosed. Do you think it's becoming more of a recurring issue in today's society? I think it is, and I kind of find it an interesting one because I kind of see irritable bowel syndrome as like the label that is given when it's like we don't really know what's wrong. Like it's not bowel cancer, it's not ulcerative colitis, it's not Crohn's, it's not liver disease. So it's irritable bowel. It's kind of like all the things that are not the really serious things but are still causing issues. Um, I think it's just we don't generally live lifestyles that are conducive to bowel health. We're constantly on the go. We're always stressed. And um, I'm also a yoga teacher, so I'm always talking about we're either in fight or flight or rest and digest. Mm. And we're always on the go. So we never really, um, we don't always chew our food properly, which is just such a simple thing that can really make such a massive difference to digestion. Um, We often shallow breathe. So instead of breathing in through the nose, we're like, we're all up here in the chest, breathing yeah. through the mouth, and that's sending signals to the nervous system that we're stressed. And when we're stressed, we're not digesting. All the blood flows going to the limbs because evolutionary, we usually, usually when we were stressed, we had to run away from something and it just wasn't, we didn't need to be digesting at that point in time. Um, so there's that. And even little things like having notifications set up on your smartwatch or your phone we kind of get that stress response every single time there's a text or an email or a message or a notification. We're like, oh, I must get onto that. And so our nervous, our nervous systems are rarely ever 
not on. Um, and I know that doesn't often get talked about. We're often like, oh, yeah, nutrients. And it's like lifestyle as well. Mm. Um, also, exercise if we're sedentary, just something simple like walking around and being moving throughout the day can have a massive impact on um, transit time. Um, and, yeah, just in general, like our diets um, can be quite erratic and very much dependent on our lifestyle. If we're stressed, we don't tend to eat as well or be as prepared. Um, and with diet culture, there's a lot of extremes out there at the moment, like um, keto ketosis and intermittent fasting and all those sorts of things. And as much as there are benefits to them for certain people, um, ketogenic diets are excessively low in fiber. And even the fiber you are having, it's not diverse. It's pretty much all from vegetables because you can't have grains, you can't have legumes, you can't have even too many nuts, all of those. So it's really limiting your bowels chances of getting all the nutrients it needs. Um, and then intermittent fasting again can be good, but if you're only allowed to eat in such a small window of time, then that might not be great for digestion and there's not enough consistency to push things through. So it can also be you read a study and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this because it's really good for you know mental health or metabolism or weight loss and there's actually a flow and effect because it's not as balanced as it could be. Um, so I just think we're very confused and we're just so busy and being confused and busy just doesn't quite translate to feeling yeah. relaxed and calm and in control and just able to just poo like we should. Exactly. There's some really easy tips as well. There's, you mentioned a lot of like real simple stuff that people can incorporate into their lives and actually use. So I want to go on to the next topic. You mentioned B vitamins, C vitamin and magnesium as all things that are commonly deficient in people, which can lead to bowel health being... Uh, like negatively impacted. So I wanted to ask you, how can you incorporate these into whole food diets? Because I know a lot of people struggle having foods with whole foods, oh, sorry, diets with whole foods in them and making meals out of like good ingredients and including the three various things I just mentioned. So do you have any tips around making meals around these sort of things for your everyday diets? Yeah, 100%. So B vitamins, um, just if you kind of like if you want the go-to foods for B vitamins, um, I'll give both vegan options and omnivorous options for those Maybe, that do yeah, have animal products. So um, B vitamins, are, if you do have um, animal products, uh, dairy, eggs, meat, fish from quality sources, so going more the ethical Root. Um, they're really rich in all the B vitamins, particularly B12. Um, but then if you want to go the plant-based route, uh, then green veggies are really rich in them, nuts and seeds, legumes, whole grains, um, and the plant foods such as the vegetables have the benefit of having vitamin C. So pretty much most fruits and vegetables are quite rich in vitamin C. That's really important. Um, magnesium, again, you can kill a few birds with one stone, so to speak, because green vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, whole grains, also quite rich in magnesium. Um, and one of the best sources of, which I love, um, of magnesium is raw cacao. So yeah. like really dark chocolate or the raw cacao powder in your smoothies, things like that, like um, that yeah. really rich in magnesium as well. So just, you know, chocolate is not bad, people. Just don't add milk and sugar and you're, you're good. <laughs> so chocolate in its natural form, you mean, then it's probably best. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. The actual bean and then, 
yeah, there's some really good brands out there like Loving Earth and Pounded Chocolate, not sponsored, but um, <laughs> they're, they're goodies and other ones with similar ingredients to them. And, and I have a smoothie every morning and it's always got like a big heaped tablespoon of the cacao in it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you mentioned just then your smoothie. Uh, do you have any good, simple uh, meal prep recipes that you could share on here that people could use uh, to help ensure or maintain a healthier bowel? So like the smoothie, could you tell us what what you put in that or any, any, anything else that you choose to, di- uh, to digest, I almost said, to eat um, for your bowel. I choose to digest all my Everything, foods. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you probably um, have to, right? <laughs> that's the plan. Um, yeah, sure. So, oh, how long do you have with my smoothie? It started as a base recipe and I've just kind of added to it and added to it mm-hmm. over the years. But um, let's see, but it is in my book. So if people were interested in that, the, the full one is there. But um, so it's got raw cacao, uh, cinnamon, bit of chili flakes, uh, green leaf stevia. So that's like a herb that's re- naturally really sweet in its natural form. Uh, spirulina, which is a really good source of B vitamins and a lot of the minerals we need um, from a plant source instead of an animal source. Because I'm, I'm personally am a vegan. I don't preach it as like everyone needs to be. Um, I, it just works for me. So that's where I get a lot of my nutrition from in quite a concentrated form. Uh, coconut water, frozen zucchini, little tip, frozen zucchini doesn't have a taste. So it's just a bulking agent for your smoothie like ice cubes would be. And you just get a serving of vegetables in, but it tastes like chocolate. Uh, Trying to think what else is in there. Some probiotic powder, sometimes spinach, ice cubes, and then every now and then a few other bits and bobs, depending on my mood. Um, And that's really simple. And then I'm I'm having, it tastes like a chocolate milkshake but I'm already getting several serves of vegetables in in the morning and it's also just a very cleansing drink so generally between 4 a.m and 10 a.m our body is in detox mode so when we're putting in like really rich enzymatic foods like our veggies and our fruits and our coconut waters it actually supports the body in eliminating um waste and stuff and then I can have my more dead stuff later in the day and honestly I'm really simple in the way I eat like I'm obsessed with nuts and seeds and nut butter like apart from who nut butter is my other claim to fame people are like oh peanut butter rachel gotta tag her um so i'll often have like several different nut and seed butters and i just make them myself in the food processor or the blender um i'll have them on hand and then i'll make might make a batch of muffins with like the banana flour or the an oat and buckwheat and pumpkin and then i can just have that with some nut butter and maybe some roasted peanuts and cashews or I'll have like a baked potato and I'll stuff that with nut butter and yeah. seeds, um, yeah, maybe some sauerkraut, um, pumpkin or broccoli with like a nice dressing and then some more nuts and seeds on top. Yeah. yeah, so pretty much I just have lots of fresh produce and then I just will cook that up in a nice way and then add nuts and seeds. And it's really easy. It's super balanced. I can prep some of it in advance, but even if I didn't, it's quite simple just to whip up quite quickly. So yeah. I'm not super um, – every now and then I cook something a bit more elaborate, but in general I like to keep it simple because I'm quite busy and it just means I've always got something nutritious there to go. Awesome. And I know you have a mini side gig where you go to people's houses and help with meal prep. Do you want to talk a bit about that and some tips around that? Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. I literally started that a week before lockdown with a, with um, just one client and then I'm like, ah, oh, well – <laughs> one day that might start up again yeah. um but yeah the the service in general um i just was i would get the feedback from a lot of people that they buy the food but then they just they don't know what to do with it or they're just really busy or stressed or tired and they end up getting uber eats and then food goes off and they're 
essentially like losing money because they bought food, but now they're buying extra food. Yeah. And so I just was like, oh, well, how about I just come and use whatever you have on hand and whip up a whole lot of stuff for the week. Mm. And then if you want to be there and I can teach you how to do it, because I'm not one for you really using recipes, I'll just look at what's there and be like, oh, I could cook that up and put that in with that. And then, oh, look, no food wastage. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I think I'm passionate about empowering people to just cook or eat more intuitively, number one, but cook intuitively, not needing a recipe or having a base recipe, getting comfortable with that and then just learning how to use things up and being okay with the recipe says broccoli, but I don't have broccoli, but I've got a whole lot of cauliflower that needs using. Maybe I could just do that and that's totally fine. Or I don't have chili, but I've got paprika. Maybe that could work today as well. Um, and just giving people back more autonomy around their food and going, you probably know more than you think you do. And your cravings mean something. Like if you're craving that, there's probably a nutrient in that food that you need. Yes, yeah. um, but use it. Yeah. Yeah. So now now to go on to more of the promotional side of things, uh, could you just let our listeners know and just give us a brief overview of your book? Sure. I'll hold it up in case it. It, it makes it onto the Instagram page. <laughs> um, so my first book's called Periods, Poo and a Glorious You. And a yes, cool that cover. is a poo. And Love yes, it. that is a fallopian tube. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just off the bat, it's not a female book. It's very much a unisex read. Um, there's only one or two chapters that actually talks about like the menstrual cycle. And it's very gender inclusive because if you're in a heterosexual relationship, guys, your partner's cycle does affect you, whether you want to think about it or not. You need to know where she's up to or um, it could be an unwanted pregnancy, so just yeah, so you know. Yeah. Um, and I wrote it. It's part autobiography, so it talks through my story of getting sick and then what I learned and how I recovered. Um, it's also health emporium, so just a whole lot of really practical, easy information, often conveyed through analogies and jokes and cartoons. Um, to keep it fun and light. And then at the end of every chapter, so there's chapters on digestion, hormonal health, immune health, all the health, all the things, um, you get a recipe that's symbolic of that discussion. So it'll include the nutrients that support the body system we just talked about. Um, and they've all got like naughty, cheeky, slightly inappropriate names as well. So it's like marrying comedy and health, a little bit dirty but mostly clean, but, you know, just a, a few cheeky ones in there. Um, and my passion with writing and education is trying to just make it so practical but also so funny that people that wouldn't normally be interested in health but, like, don't have time for that boring are, like, kind of drawn in by, like, the playfulness of it. So, yeah, that's that's my baby. So that's if anyone awesome. um, wants to learn more about that, they can find her um, at my site, all the w's.realsoup for the real soul.com. I'm just under the shop tab. It's, it's all there. And if you want it signed when you order, if you do order, let me know. I'm happy to do that. Um, yeah, I talk about it a lot on my Instagram as well. We'll so. leave it in the description yeah. so people can check it out. But I love how Matteo and I talk about this. We think that people try to over... over um, like complicate nutrition and health and make it like over the top and making it simplified and fun and enjoyable to learn about is what it should be because that doesn't push people away from going to listen to it, but they actually want to listen to it, right? Oh, 100%. And I, I really believe that we overcomplicate it. And even when I was younger, I went down some massive rabbit holes and I overcomplicated it myself, mm. thinking I was doing all the right things and going by all the research. But really, I've... You know, I've been doing this now, like, in depth for 10, yeah, I'll be 24 this year. I've been 
really into it since 14. And I can tell you it's really as simple as real food, what you enjoy when it feels good. And that's as simple as it is. As if it's a real food and it makes you feel good and you enjoy it, amazing. If it's a real food but you don't enjoy it, don't have it. If it's a real food but it's good for you, but it's like, oh, I just I don't think it's actually good for me. It might be good in general, but I, it doesn't vibe. That's okay. There's so many foods out there. Like if you don't like spinach, you might like kale. If you don't like capsicum, you might like tomato. If you don't like oranges, you might like lemons. Like it's okay. We don't have to love all of the foods. We just have to like a wide variety from most of the food groups and we're going to be okay. Um, and I don't think there's any one diet out there that suits anyone. We've all got our own unique needs and that they can change over time. We don't have to just commit to one diet or one label and put ourselves into a box forever. Um, so yeah, just having more autonomy, if I could, that could be like the take home for your listeners. You don't have to put yourself into a box. Science is always evolving. And unless you were part of the study that then manifested that research that everyone's talking about we don't actually know if it would work for you so you don't have to feel guilty if they're like you know oh low carbs really good and you're like but i love carbs that's okay we've talked about it carbs equal fiber and fiber equals poo enough said <laughs> i think that's the best two minutes ever that was, yeah. that was so good and you explained it so well and i think so many people can learn from that because a lot of people feel pressure to eat certain stuff and uh they are told you got to eat this you can't eat that and then they have all these voices in their head when you just simplified it in two minutes and made it so easy. So I wanted to go oh, into, that's all right. I wanted to go into the last thing I wanted to ask you before we get into the last few points. Um, on to like medicine and that sort of stuff and like take, getting your vitamins through supplements. What's your thoughts around that, especially around bowel health? Um, I'm a big believer in wherever we can get our nutrients from food, let's do it. Um, I think there's a time and a place for supplements, especially when someone's got a chronic condition. But in general, for the lay person, I'd say let's go food first. If you're eating a whole food diet, generally, you're probably not going to need that many. Um, and I just I have this belief that when we isolate nutrients out of the foods, they might not have the same effect. Even if under the microscope they do and we go, oh, look, you're not going to get enough curcumin from turmeric, but if you take the turmeric supplement, you're going to get enough. Yeah. I can say that I've taken turmeric supplements and they make me feel nauseous and yet I get the actual anti-inflammatory benefit even if I just have a quarter of a teaspoon of the spice. So I'm convinced there must be something else in turmeric apart from the curcumin that everyone raves about that helps the curcumin work, work better because it's in that whole food form. I think that's the way our bodies were designed to get nutrients. Um, but on the plus side, if you, on the, not plus side, on the flip side, um, if you've got any absorption issues, which a lot of people that are suffering um, from digestive discomfort generally do, sometimes short-term supplementation can be good, um, but I'd still be going down the, the food route like there's a lot of food-based supplements where it's just a high dose of a concentrated food um, rather than something that just comes in a pill in a bottle that's got an odd smell um, for multiple reasons. I mean, cost for one, we're already having to pay for our food. If we can get nutrients there, we're saving money. Um, and yeah, just long-term, I don't think we want to become dependent on supplements for as much as we can. Obviously, um, and I'm not, I can't give specifics on here. Obviously, it's a general conversation. But yes, like if you've got a specific diet that you need for medical reasons and you cannot eat a whole, for example, food group, 
um, because it would make you feel really sick or just not work for you or it doesn't work for your religious or ethical views, then maybe, for example, if you don't have dairy, a really good calcium supplement would probably be a good idea. Um, Or some, it depends on your bowel health, but um, because our colon bugs make vitamin B12 for us, if anyone with a bowel disorder um, or who anyone who's had part of their bowel removed probably should be on B12. I mean, talk to your or your nutritionist or doctor about that one. Um, but yeah, if the, you don't have the right amount of bugs to make the B12. Perfect. You know, and do you have where else a... is it going to come from? Um, and vitamin K as well. So like when I had my liver disease, I had to be on vitamin K because again, my body was so depleted that I wasn't making the vitamin K. So that was dangerous. But then I kept getting tested and then as soon as I was getting better, I didn't have to take, that was the first oh. drug that went okay. away was the vitamin K because it was like, oh, she can make it now. Um, a lot of people take vitamin D. I think the sun is a great source, but yeah, if you don't get enough sun or in winter, that can be a good one. I think it's just a matter of using them strategically, like not just going, oh, I'm going to take this and take it for life. It's like at the moment I need a little boost, so I'm going to bring this in, but also at the same time, where else can I get it in my diet? so that eventually I can be independent and getting it from my food. Um, Did I just ramble or did that make sense? That's perfect. And Um, do you have a uh, brand or anything that you think give really good quality supplements if people have to use supplements? um, Yeah, there's a few. Off the top of my head, Changing Habits is a really good one. Um, That's an Australian brand and it's run by actually by a new qualified nutritionist and it's not just food she not just supplements she does a lot of foods and she does um chemical free cleaning products and things as well but generally all of her supplements are food based or minerals from the earth based they're not pills in like a white form they like i take her probiotics every day and it's literally a whole lot of foods that have been fermented and then in ground into a powder and they're just put into a container so there's like sweet potato and molasses and chia seeds and all of that so it's not even a supplement it's just food that i'm putting in that happens to be probiotic so that's a really good one um yeah i just say if ever you're looking at something if it's food on the packet rather than just this nutrient this nutrient this nutrient and i'm not a big fan of multivitamins because a lot of nutrients compete for absorption so if you're getting all the nutrients in one pill you're probably only going to absorb half of them or your body's not going to absorb any because it's going to be like i don't even know which ones to pick let's just get it all out um so yeah the more close to nature the supplement is the more likely you are to absorb it yeah and i think now we can move on to these last three points we we ask a lot of nutrition, anyone to do with health or nutrition, we ask. Um, the first one is, what's a day on a plate for yourself? Uh, it varies. I do start every morning with the green smoothie I talked about earlier. And then it just depends, really. Um, at the moment, I've got a whole lot of muffins that I made. So I'm doing lots of muffins. Generally, like lunch and dinner will just be a nice muffin. Remembering there's the pumpkin in there, so there is vegetables and then I'll have a smorgasbord of different nuts and seeds and seed and nut butters. Um, Or sometimes, yeah, I'll have like baked potato with macadamia butter and roasted cashews. Or I'll make up like some uh, lentil pasta with veggies and top that with peanut butter and maybe some roasted cashews. You can tell that I'm obsessed with nuts, I told you. Um, Yeah, just really simple stuff. Sometimes I'll make up a big batch of like a vegetable curry with coconut milk, like a... 
I, I still call it butter chicken, even though like, oh, there's no butter or chicken in it. So I'm like, butter vegetables, but no butter, but that so taste. And then I'll have yeah. that with my resistant starch rice. So just rice that's been cooked and cooled down. Again, nuts will probably find its way into there at some point. So yeah, just kind of whatever. I'm into batch cooking. I'm into like cook once, eat five times. Just because yeah. I'm a yoga teacher, so I work quite a few nights. So when I come home, I don't want to cook. I just want to yeah. be able to take something out the fridge or take it out before I go so it's at room temperature by the time I'm home. Yeah, cool. And last thing I wanted to ask, I just thought it was on top of my head. You mentioned a few times that you're a yoga teacher. Can you sell to the listeners yoga in two minutes? Oh my God, yes. Okay, so you do not have to be flexible to do yoga. You don't have to like meditation to be to come to yoga, yoga is a feeling, it's not an aesthetic. And this style I teach is called Hatha Yoga. And the whole goal is to get yoga stoned so you're calm enough by the end that even if it's not meditation, you're relaxed enough that you kind of feel like that that floaty feeling you might get when you have a massage or just before you fall asleep. And you can at least lie there and just think of happy memories and just be in that zone for a little bit. Um, We hold a lot of our current emotions in our hips and a lot of people as a rule have tight hips. Um, So stretching them out is so good, especially when you take that big inhale through the nose and then out through the mouth in a hip stretch. It's just like you're releasing a whole lot of stuff and that stops from then going into the spine where our more past emotions tend to um, accumulate as well. What else can I say? It's just fun. It is really fun. Um, You just have to find the right teacher. So if you've gone to a class or several classes and you're like, just wasn't the vibe, just keep trying. One day you'll find the class that you're like, this is really good. Um, Red flags would just be if you're told that you have to do something a certain way and it doesn't work for your body, um, I'd go, oh, no, like we've all got different forms and different structures. So as long as you're feeling good and not in pain, that's okay. Um, It's just so good. It's not really an exercise as well. Don't go expecting to get a workout. Sometimes it is, but honestly, it's more therapeutic than that. It's just about undoing everything in the body and just giving you at least an hour or 45 minutes of just escapism and hopefully over time the more you practice it does start to rewire that nervous system and put you into a more dominant state of parasympathetic dominance most of us in the western world live in sympathetic dominance where we're stressed all the time and the more that we can go to yoga the more we're training our nervous system to be in a default state of calm so it's often not always what happens on the mat but what happens off the mat that can actually have the more profound effect yeah. How really was well. that? That was probably over three minutes. No, no, hopefully really well. no, that's awesome. And one question we ask all our listeners, uh, all our listeners, I'm off today. All our um, <laughs> guests is one tip uh, that they can give to improve people's health in any way. Oh, that's profound. Uh, I'm going to go a bit Marie Kondo on you and be like, do things that spark joy. If you don't enjoy something in your life, unless it's absolute, like, unless you absolutely can't get out of it, just stop. Like this, as yeah. adults especially, we don't play enough. So have fun. Watch Disney movies. Start an improv club with your friends. Read the books you enjoy. Watch funny videos. You know, call a mate for no reason other than to just have a chat. You know, nutrition and yoga and all the things are great. But it's the way we live our lives. The only reason we do those things is so that we're happy and calm and have energy. So there's enough seriousness in the world. So just follow fun. You don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. 
you're going to show up better for all the important things if you're calm and happy. Exactly. That's great, perfect. Great answer. And awesome answer. yeah, I just want to thank you, Rachel, for coming on because I know a lot of people struggle to break down and simplify nutrition and you make really easy, simple tips for people that they can incorporate. So just want to thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. It's, I love it. So thank you so much for giving me a platform to do it on. Of course. And I just wanted to ask, give you some time now to let the listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Instagram. So I'm at Rachel Favilla. So R-A-C-H-E-L-F for Freddie, A-V for Vixen, I-double-L-A. Uh, my website is all the W's dot real soup for the real soul dot com. Uh, my YouTube is Rachel Favilla. That's always good times. <laughs> I got TikTok. In isolation, oh, then no. I deleted it because of all the China stuff. <laughs> yeah. But um, there was some there was some gold in and amongst that. So yeah. if you want to see me dancing with a poo cushion on my head, go to my YouTube channel um, and Facebook Real Soup for the Real Soul. And your Please, book? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, but it's most I not I have a love hate relationship with LinkedIn. So I try me on other places first. I don't hang out on LinkedIn that much. Awesome. And yeah, the book through the website, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I could cool. mention that um, it is available other places. Um, however, I self-published, which means I paid for everything. Um, and so when you come to me, I earn all that back. There's big cuts taken from the more bigger bookstores as well. So if you can come to my site, if it's a, if you pay virtually the same amount, and I do have bundles, if you buy two or three at a time, you get a much bigger discount as well um i'd really appreciate that so just and just in general most um local authors if you go to them they make more i don't think we think about it but often when we go to like the big chain stores the artists or the producers they don't make as much um and i would not have known that before yeah. i got into the industry so yes please if you're your interested um, please adopt her from me <laughs> there we go. Awesome. well thank you so much. we'd like to say once again thank you so much for joining us today and Hopefully some of the tips you've shared with us uh, can help our listeners and anyone else that listens to it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you so much. No it was problems. lovely to meet you. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll catch you guys next week.